Do you wonder about past lives? Have you ever thought about where your soul has been? Where it's going? Or what lessons and memories have been gathered along the way? In this podcast, we will discuss past life memories, psychic phenomena, energy healing, and other metaphysical topics with experts and the average person to find out how we can heal through these experiences. So I invite you to join me on my journey. Welcome to the Regression Session. You ever seen like those those spy movies or those documentaries where people are like talking yeah. like this? It's it's like yeah. that. Welcome back to the regression session. My name is Ian. Welcome to the regression session to all the new people. Thanks for tuning in. I'm back, baby. I had COVID. And you can actually hear it in this episode. (laughs) I sound so bad. But, you know, um, I'm actually talking to the host of the podcast, the Old Soul Social Club with the host, Moira Michelle. And we talk about in this episode what I like to call the Fix Me Society. And what I mean by that is how we kind of go through this life in our society thinking that when something's wrong with us, we inherently need outside help. And there's definitely some situations where we need outside help, don't get me wrong. But a lot of our help can come from within. And we talk about this, and we talk about this whole concept of, are we broken? Do we need outside help to fix ourselves? So the Fix Me Society, you know, things like the... um, toxic positivity so on and so forth so it's a really really interesting episode we talk about a lot of stuff in this one i'm really excited to share it with you a couple things before i start the actual interview definitely subscribe to the show in your podcast player so you don't miss my weekly episodes when i don't have covid i upload every single week If you don't mind leaving me a great review and a great rating, that would help me get the show out there. And if you want to come on to the podcast to talk about your past life experience or your knowledge on any metaphysical topic, shoot me an email. My email is theprogressionsession at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. Now, my conversation with Moira Michelle. Hey, Moira, thanks for coming on to the show. Well, hey, Ian, and I'm so glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I've been really excited to talk to you today. But before we get into it, just for my audience's sake, if you don't mind just telling me a little bit of background about yourself, um, some context so that we can get to know you a little bit before we get started talking. 
Yes. Well, so my name is Moira Michelle and I am a spiritual hypnotherapist. I'm a breathwork facilitator, intuitive healer and more. Much like yourself, there's so many modalities out there to help people. And so my mission here on earth is to help heal trauma one person at a time or even groups at a time. That's what I'm here to do. And so... Uh, yeah, hypnotherapy has been so very effective. Uh, I do, I call myself a spiritual hypnotherapist, but I actually take a kind of a clinical approach. It's whatever is needed for my client in the moment. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. And then of course, I have my podcast, The Old Soul Social Club, much like this podcast, which is why it resonated so much telling soul stories uh, to help heal. I love it. Your podcast is very well done. Definitely head on over to the Old Soul Social Club to check that out and give Moira some love. So Moira, tell me a little bit about, let's just start off by talking about your absolute favorite modality for helping people achieve, like, I guess, spiritual therapy. Like your, your favorite modality to help people manage anxiety or stress or whatever it is. I would love to hear about it because you are a hypnotherapist and I love hearing about different ways that people can heal. Yeah, it's a very difficult question because everyone is so different and we need different things. So between breath work and hypnotherapy, there are my main modalities. And within hypnotherapy is a few different things I do. So I'm trained as a rapid transformational therapist, and that's kind of a clinical approach. And what it's really great for is helping to release trauma. I use a lot of somatic uh, techniques. And if you're familiar with that word, it's, it's the idea that trauma gets physically stuck in the body. And it's why talk therapy can be so slow and sometimes ineffective is because you can talk things out, but it doesn't actually release things from the body. So the RTT, Rapid Transformational Therapy, it can identify those limiting beliefs. It can identify where the trauma is stuck and it releases them. Now, the breath work, I use that alongside it. And some people aren't ready because hypnotherapy can be very direct, as you know. We're going straight in to find the root of what's going on. So if you have really bad PTSD or if you've been avoiding your emotions your whole life, going directly in there can be scary and maybe just not even advised if you have the kind of PTSD where you might seize up physically or something like that. So what the breathwork is, it's a nonverbal modality where you go in and the breath brings you in. It brings you to this altered state of consciousness where you start to be processing your old trauma, old blocked emotions. And your subconscious is so smart. It only allows you whatever you can handle that day. And then you'll come through. It's really very much a journey. And uh, yeah, I recommend this as, you know, an ongoing practice. Typically with my hypnotherapy clients, it's sort of one and done, or they might come back for more spiritual sessions later. I do soul journeys and past lives and things like that. But those are my two favorite modalities for healing trauma and the anxiety and the depression and the addiction, and all those things that are really so way too common in this world right now. Yeah, you know, there's there's a reason why yoga and exercise work really well. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my favorite 
yoga style, I guess, because there's a lot out there, is Ashtanga yoga. Because they, they go through and they have processes for every part of the body. Mm-hmm. And I and I love that you're you're talking about, you know, it it can get stored in your body in certain places. I mean, I'm sure everybody listening to this can can relate to, you know, like feeling stress in your shoulders, yeah. right? Like your mm-hmm. shoulders get so tight, and you're just like rubbing, and you're like, oh man, I'm so stressed. It's right in my shoulders. So I mean, if you're if you're even on the fence about this kind of stuff, just think about whenever you felt stress or, or whatever in your body, it gets stored all over the place and it, mm. and it can kill you too. Uh, eventually, you know, if it builds up enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's so great. You know, and one of my favorite modalities is called core transformation. Officially, mm-hmm. I call it core realignment. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Well, basically what, what it is, is you start off by identifying kind of similar where in the body is your stress or anxiety or or whatever that's kind of what you the very first thing where does it live Mm -hmm. and then you kind of ask that that part of yourself you know how old are you how long have you been with me and usually it's quite young I've also had some some quite old parts it doesn't matter if it's you know three years old or 10,000 years old Mm -hmm. you just kind of identify that and then you ask that part of yourself what are you trying to accomplish by giving me this fear or anxiety or whatever it is. Once you identify what you're supposed to be, what what that part of you is trying to give you, you basically just give that part of yourself that feeling so you can embody that feeling. And then you kind of move up a ladder. It's like, okay, so now that you felt, let's just say you've been trying to keep me safe. Now that you've felt this safety What's the next best thing on this ladder? What's the next best thing that's going to unlock for you? And okay, so now I feel safe. Now I can um, now I can relax. Okay, why don't we just embody that relaxation, right? And then you just kind of embody these emotions and you, and you spread them out to the different parts of your body. And you eventually get to the point where you've kind of accomplished all the goals and you can ask that part of yourself to either move on or reincorporate inside yourself. And it's actually a super powerful exercise that I kind of teach people and say, Hey, you can do this on your own at any time. Mm. So I really, I really like that, you know, that whole concept of, yeah, it can be stored in the body. Yeah. And it's amazing when you start to actually dialogue with your body, when you start to ask it questions, how it answers back and the problem is, is that we are so scared of our emotions because just as a society, right, we say, oh, you know, emotions aren't real and uh, emotions are weak. It's weak to feel emotions, F- your feelings, all that kind of thing, that kind of mentality. And so we're thought to be, first of all, ashamed of them. And second of all, is the idea that, well, if I feel this, I'm going to feel this way forever. So if I allow myself to feel the depths of sadness about this, that I will just never recover, that I will just wallow in that place forever. And you know what teaches us that? You know exactly what teaches us that is getting stuck in our emotions. <laughs> we deny the emotion, we get stuck in the emotion, then we get stuck, we're afraid to feel the emotion, when actually the only road out of there is to feel the emotion so you can move on. We're like caught in revolving doors. <laughs> yeah, it's like <clears throat> that old adage of the snake eating its tail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. You're never going to get out of it if you, you know, a lot of our 
our first gut reaction is to be like, oh man, I've, I've got to stop feeling this way. Mm-hmm. This is bullshit. I can't deal with this right now. I've got mm-hmm. bills to pay. Yeah. You know, I've got, I got to go to work. I can't, mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't be sad right now. <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand that. Right. And it's like you have the emotion. You think, oh, I can't do this. I'm going to stick a boulder in here into this river that is the emotions flowing. And then you wonder why, why you're like crying in front of your colleague or client or something like that is because when you stop it from flowing, when it needs to flow, it just goes everywhere. It causes the big mess that you're scared of. So we're actually acting very counterintuitively (laughs) completely. Yeah, you know, it we we do that and then it when it gets to a point where you use the boulder example where you kind of stick a boulder, eventually <clears throat> that boulder's not going to be enough and the water's going to build up behind it and it's going to start pouring over. And at that point you you kind of are left with two options, I guess. It's it's either you can deal with it or you can like stick another boulder on there and just kind of build up, but eventually that dam's going to break and you're going to have a meltdown. And uh, that's exactly what's happening in the world right now is that everyone all over the world, all these cultures, you have trauma passed down to trauma, passed down, trauma, passed down, trauma, all these generations. So it's not even just your own trauma. Anyone who's done significant work in trauma release <laughs> realizes that um, that once you deal with your own, there's all these other layers. And now I want to say, as I say that, can I make some clarification about ancestral healing right now? Yeah. So we have this idea like, oh, I've got to heal my ancestors and I'm all alone. But your ancestors, when it comes to this level of ancestral healing that you're being called towards, they are helping you heal. They are there for you. And not only that, when you heal, you heal them and then they further send that healing back to you. So when we think about ancestral healing, we never have to believe that we are alone in that. We are always being helped and guided by our ancestors too. Yeah, that's a really interesting concept. It kind of ties back into the whole idea of quantum healing. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if you're familiar with Dolores Cannon's work at all. Of course I am. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I I've I've devoured her convoluted universe books yeah. <clears throat> when she talks about the quantum healing stuff i've i've seen it work mm-hmm. you know i've done it and i've seen it work for people and it's amazing so i i love that whole quantum healing you know ancestral healing that kind mm-hmm. of ties into that to me it's all kind of the same thing just like the quantum healing it's it's amazing the whole concept is for anybody who doesn't know is that kind of like everything that ever has happened Everything that is happening and everything that ever will happen is all happening right now. So it's a concept called simultaneous time. So when you travel back in a past life regression or whatever, you are not necessarily just viewing this past life. You're actually experiencing it and you can you can heal that past life too. So let's just say for me, we had I had a gentleman or um I guess the past life was a gentleman. The The client was a woman. She went back to a past life where she was a World War II soldier who had to leave for war right as he found out his wife was pregnant with their second child. And he ended up being killed in a horribly brutal way, which I'm not going to get into. 
But one thing that he really regretted was not being able to like hug his wife and, and say goodbye to his son. So I said, well, let's, let's go back to your house and, and hug your wife and, and say goodbye. And so we took him back and, and he felt this huge surge of relief. And actually, you know, whether or not you believe it's real, it's still a real experience, right? So the, the client came out feeling very relieved, very healed. And I'd like to think that the World War II soldier got some closure as well. Mm. And, and I, lo- I love that whole concept of healing two people at once. Oh, I love that too. One of the things I do in my work is entity release. And uh, are your, your listeners familiar? I think you have episodes about entity release, right? Yeah, well, I have, I have episodes about where we talk about entities. Yeah, I'm not sure where I stand on entities. I I kind of have some ideas that a lot of people kind of disagree with because of because of the nature of of where I stand in this stuff. Yeah, but um, well, so I'll I like tell talking you, about it. Yeah, I uh, when it comes to curses and all this sort of uh, like esoteric stuff at the start, I was like. I really thought it's just people wanting to shirk personal responsibility. Oh, I'm cursed and that's why my life is as it is. Oh, I have this entity and that's why. Rather than, no, you're actually making your life and you're self-sabotaging, all that kind of thing. And I really did sort of think that until I had my session myself and I found this entity attached to myself. And this entity was trying to keep me protected. And in my experience, most entities are actually not malicious. They actually you're just sort of lost souls. And so this entity was really trying to protect me. And so it was around when I was trying to launch my business first. And so uh, I was having trouble, you know, being visible because anyone who's been, who is a healer in this life has been a healer in many lives, which is mean you, you have faced your death in many number of ways over the uh, different lifetimes. And so it's scary stepping out as a spiritual entrepreneur. And so, yeah, I had this entity that was sort of holding me back to protect me and when I let that entity go things really opened up for me and I feel actually all everything I do every modality I bring is something that I have personally benefited from and so I'm grateful to have had that experience that entity had been touched for for many lifetimes and um and so the story that came up for me uh, as you were telling that story was a client who came in and she came in like a tornado. Uh, so, you know, there was something happening with their car and she was late and then she couldn't find the keys. And as she told me her life story, her life was like a tornado. You know, you, you meet those people and it's like their feet are barely touching the ground. And uh, so I thought there seems to be another energy at work here. So we went into the session. She did. She found two entities. But the first one was the entity of a little boy who's uh, he had died in a house fire. And then he had found her and her brother and had attached to both of them and believed that they were his parents. And so we had to say, no, that th- these are not your parents and your parents are actually waiting for you in the light. And so we were able to get a get him to release from both of them to go back to his parents. Uh, and then some of her, you know, gets characterized as ADHD, anything that's like 
I don't fit into capitalism is like ADHD. And uh, yeah, she had a great healing uh, from that experience. So your, your past life regression story just reminded me of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as, as entities go, that that's really, that's a very interesting story. And, and the way I kind of view entities for the most part on my end is like, I kind of look at them as only really commonly two types. I know I understand that there's malevolent interdimensional whatever out there. I've mm-hmm. I've seen yeah. I've I've experienced some stuff that that I don't really necessarily want to talk about on the show because <laughs> it scared me. But okay. but um for me, like the most common things that I've seen is like either I'll I'll just call them like a bottom feeder, right? Mm-hmm. Like it it saw like an opportunistic predator almost where it sees you have maybe like a a week where you're just super depressed and it's like oh look at that free food right and it Mm -hmm. like latches on it's like oh yum i'm gonna eat this (laughs) and then the second type that i've seen is is like basically like a fragmented part of yourself that Mm -hmm. that is kind of like a trauma body on kind of yeah it's like Mm -hmm. a fragmented piece of yourself that's holding on um and, and and those are the most common type that I've seen as far as entities go. So I tell people, you know, I, I can't stand it when people come to me and they're like, oh, I, I ran into this. My my friend told me that I have an entity. And I'm like, well, well what does your friend do? And they're like, oh, they, they, <laughs> they read tarot cards or, or whatever. It's like, so have you been to a professional? And they're like, no. And they're just like scared shitless because they, they're like, I have an entity on me. And it's like, no, let, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. You know, it, it, it just kind of bugs me when people just say, you know, you, oh, you've got an entity. Cause it's typically much less scary than people make it think it's you either got to cut off the food source. Right. Yeah, you got to cut off the food source or you got to heal the part of you that's that's causing you problems. And you know, that's the thing as well. If you think of yourself, you're like a socket and that this entity is uh, only able to plug into you if it has permission or perceives it has permission. And you make a really good point that we think entity, oh, it's so scary, it's bad. And while it is bad because it takes away from your sovereignty, sometimes they're not there to cause damage. A lot of the time they come in to protect. They believe they're protecting. A lot of times come in as a child where you're in some sort of household situation that is not ideal. And you're saying, oh, I wish that um, I had a guardian angel who would just come in. And you have this soul that is loving. and But they're in a low vibration pattern. So when they attach, they can't help but become, like you say, the bottom feeder. And so... The thing is, no matter what you do, whether you think you have an entity or you think it's rubbish, when you deal with your trauma, it will be allowed to come up and to be allowed to be released. So if you're out there thinking like, oh, I have one, just come and get your trauma released. Stop being the socket that allows something. Stop being having a place for any of that external negative energy to be plugged into. Yeah, you got to heal yourself. Either either way, yeah. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to heal yourself. You're gonna have to to deal with with those emotions. You know, um, one thing that I really wanted to talk to you about, Moira, is the the concept of toxic positivity. Mm-hmm. And the reason I want to talk to you about that is because I perceive it as a massive problem. You know, um, 
just a little background for any anybody who hasn't heard me talk about this before um, on my show at least is I I used to work for this company where they they brought in like a therapist or a life coach or, or whatever he was called right and it was a really great idea but when they when they were going through it was a sales it was a sales job which is already kind of toxic as it is <laughs> but what they were doing is they were perpetuating this idea that you are responsible for everything in your life basically so like if you allow yourself to be negative about something that's your own fault right you you have to be positive because crying's not going to help or or whatever right so it's perpetuating this idea that you need to be positive about everything and the way that you react about everything is 100% your fault and and you're you're the only one that's at fault for the way that you react to things and i would like to get your opinion on this idea of toxic positivity or what I call toxic positivity, where you're just basically gaslighting yourself into saying, no, I'm happy. Everything's fine. It's great. And and tell me what you think about it. How is it affecting society, whether good or bad? What can we do to deal with it? And, and anything else you'd like to say about it? Yeah, well, it's a very nuanced uh, topic because People are coming at it from so many different angles. And so I see it from different angles where, yeah, if you're being asked to be positive all the time about all things, what you're doing is you're not allowing yourself to feel all of your emotions. And that's just bullshit because it's not really... um if life isn't about being positive, life is about being honest, honest with yourself and honest with others. And you can come back to positivity, you know, like we just talked about the boulder in the way of the emotions, the way back to positivity is just allowing the other emotions to come through. Now, I personally see it the other way as well, where there's a lot of people who are miserable and they hate to see other people happy happy they're like ooh, that person with their toxic positivity i don't like them there's no way they can be positive all the time but you know you don't know what's going on with that person you don't know what work they're doing at home to be able to um be a positive person so i think as well that uh there's a lot of mudslinging that is not on that is not helpful yeah i i definitely understand that like as as a spiritual hypnotist, mm-hmm. whenever I work with a client, my true desire is to see that person when they walk out of the meeting just be on cloud nine. Like that is like a huge high for me when someone's like, oh, my God, I have not felt this good in years. Mm-hmm. That's that's my goal. I'm just like, you know, that's that's what it's all about for me. So. For me, it's kind of weird to think that somebody would be like, oh, I don't want that person to be positive. <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> there was this joke, this uh, this comedian, this Irish comedian, he, he talked about 
He's like, and it's it's not just Irish culture. He he made this joke. I always think of it. You know how you go, oh look at him going down the street all happy. The happy fucker. <laughs> look at that happy fucker. Am I allowed to curse on your show? <laughs> <laughs> I bleep it out. <laughs> okay. And so we'll call it the happy person, right? Where you go, oh look at them, they're so happy. And um, you know, we kind of do that. We're kind of like a little envious of people's happiness, and it. It drives us into negative places of comparison for ourselves. And so, you know, it's any emotions that are not honest aren't really that helpful. But putting on a brave face is what you got to do sometimes. You know, that's true. And that's and, and that could be an oversight on my end of things, you know, where I'm just like, you know, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. I get that. Mm-hmm. I really do. You know, be it until you become it. I like to say nobody wants to be a faker, but if you just be that thing until you become that thing, that's when you, how you can make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the problem for me is, is the, um, the distribution of the idea that you basically have to cover up your emotions with positivity though. That's the problem that I have with that whole entire idea. Like I'm all about, faking it say you make it i've i've told this i've said this before when i was younger in in high school there was a period of my life where i didn't even look in the mirror for about a year mm-hmm. because i i quote unquote hated myself or, or whatever and then one day i decided to just smile at myself in the mirror and then af- every day after that i kind of just smiled and it was a fake smile but it got to the point where every time i i walked past a reflective surface i just give myself this goofy ass smile and it actually helped me it actually helped me to overcome that and and look at myself in the mirror and be fine. So I I've experienced this, you know, faking it till you make it. But mm. my problem with it is is when people are like, no, you, crying's not going to help you. You need to just be positive. You need to have a positive outlook. You know, well, it, if, to me, it's like if you're not doing anything underneath those emotions, and if 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 acting positive is all you're doing, then then it leaks out. You know, those people who use teasing as a way to uh, release their frustration and they're like, oh, I was just joking. Yeah. Then they hurt your feelings. They're like, oh, I don't know why you're taking it so personal because they're using <laughs> and you can tell, you can tell when someone's joking and you can tell when they're using it to work out their own frustrations. And that's what happens with toxic positivities, passive aggressiveness, these kinds of things. <laughs> yeah so like you said it is pretty nuanced it is you know it's not black and white it's bringing up another conversation that i see happening on social media too and it's the um it's the spiritual coach versus the traditional therapist and so as someone within uh, with a foot in both fields i see some really not nice posts going around and so for some people, therapy really works because it's got the coping tools. It's got very clinically focused coping tools and outlook tools. And then on the spiritual side, you have the law of attraction. And the problem with the law of attraction is that you do have to take responsibility. It's not really the problem with this. It. The fact of it is you do have to take responsibility for everything in your life. But you need to be at a certain point to be able to do that. You know, if you have found yourself in the worst of the worst situation 
at that point, you need coping tools to get yourself out. And you're able to look back and be like, oh, I see how my actions found myself in that situation. You're able to look back and have understanding and compassion for that person. But when you are suffering and when you're in the thick of it and when you have no coping tools, no resources, possibly in some sort of relationship with someone who is disempowering you every day, and then you read, oh, everything is my fault, it just sends you even further into the spiral. It's damaging. Yeah. So it's really about timing. Both of these tools are really useful, but if you are in a place where it is causing you torment to to look at the law of attraction and struggling really to find that place of personal responsibility, then you know find your traditional therapist who's going to have a um, who's going to have more clinical approaches for you to uh, ground yourself, for you to be able to just pause and take a breath uh, metaphorically and to start to just work your way back into more of an empowered situation where taking responsibility doesn't mean taking all this blame. Now, that's what I think. We talk about responsibility, but we're in a bad place. We just see it as blame and we use it as another tool to, to, um, to punish ourselves with. Hey, everyone. I'm interrupting the episode to tell you all about my Patreon campaign. I love doing this podcast and it is amazing to hear from people telling me how much they love it too. It takes a ton of time and effort to keep producing content every single week for you guys. And I would love to put out even more for everyone to enjoy. By subscribing to a tier in my Patreon campaign, you can help support the show, provide more episodes, bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes content, and just extra content in general. So if you enjoy the show and you feel it's worth your time listening and would like to contribute, you can go to patreon.com slash the regression session. There's also a link in the description. Thanks so much for the support. I could never do this show without each and every one of you. Now back to the episode. Yeah, and this this conversation, again, it, it's like I feel like we're kind of moving into like a bigger and bigger can of worms here mm-hmm. because th- the main thing I wanted to discuss with you, and I told you this, was m- what I call the Fix Me Society. Yeah. So you're talking about all these tools that people have and they can get with therapy. Mm-hmm. I think a huge crime against people and humanity in general is the fact that we don't we aren't taught these these tools from a young age to deal with these these traumas and these these emotions you know people are essentially taught from birth to stop crying to stop feeling you know i don't i bet all the parents out there myself included your kid starts crying and I've caught myself saying this like, oh, don't cry. Don't cry. Yeah. You know, it's making me uncomfortable when you cry. So I need you to stop. That's what we're doing. That's what we're saying. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, and I think like as a society, we kind of, that's why I call it the fix me society. Mm-hmm. You know, we look for other things outside of ourselves to fix ourselves. And this is in no way me saying like if you need depression medication, get on depression medication. But when you're doing it, also work on yourself and help help, you know, that's like a really good first step and a, and a tool that you can use to heal yourself. It's it's like a temporary fix. Mm-hmm. Right? What we need what 
I think we need as a society anyway is to have these tools that you're talking about because we don't have them. Yeah. They're, they're missing. Well, so we can expand that concept even further. And it goes, we're the fix me society that says there's something broken with me. Come fix me. And uh, with our health and with our mental health and with our education, I can't figure it out myself. Teach me. I do not know. I cannot figure this out for myself with our food. We're like, feed me. There's no way that I can uh, feed myself or have this understanding. Uh we don't make our own clothes. We don't do all of this. Our society and the capitalist society has um, has turned us into these uh, consumer units. And we're just wanting everything outside of us. We want it all supplied to us. And I say that as I am in the mix here. I'm not like, oh, pointing at anyone else is that. All of the structures of society have taken away this power that was within us. You know, in all the villages, uh, we were all self-sufficient. We could make our own food and we would hunt and we would build and we would do all the things. But now our society is just broken down into this. Uh, I need everyone else to do everything for me. But coming back to the fix me of health and mental health. Yeah, it is. And it's truly the most toxic part of it because I use this word healer for myself, but in reality, uh, there's only one person I've ever healed and that's myself. And there's only one person that can ever heal us and it is ourselves. And so, you know, I work with people from all walks of life with all sorts of things going on. But if they're not bought in and fully on board with their own healing, willing to step into the responsibility without blame or guilt or attachment, then they're not going to be able to heal. That's just the bottom line. And they'll go and they'll seek out. They'll they'll say, oh, I went to Michelle and uh, more Michelle. And, uh, you know, I didn't like that. And uh you know, I, I had a situation recently where she realized in the moment why she was drinking. And so I said, okay, you got to come back and we're going to continue this. And she disappeared off the face of the earth. And, um, and so, and, and the reality of it is she's like uncomfortable, un uncomfortable emotions just send me into a spiral. And you can go to talk therapist. You can go to a retreat. You can go into a psych unit. You can go anywhere you want. But the core of your issue is going to be the same. And until you have the, and it takes courage until you have the courage to face up into that. You're going to be chasing your tail. Yeah, the first question I always ask people when they come to work with me is, you know, do you want to heal yourself? Mm -hmm. That's an excellent question. Mm -hmm. Or, or I will say, this will work for you if you let it work for you. If you don't let it work for you, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like if, if you come in here half-assed and you're like, oh, you know, this is just something I'm trying because my mom's sister's boyfriend told me about it or whatever, and, and you're not full in, it's not really going to work as well as, if, as, you know, if you were like, I am ready. I'm ready to deal with, with these problems. I'm ready to... 
feel like a more holistic version of myself because that's really me and Moira are both of that opinion I think of of like we want you to to feel better but we can't make you feel better (laughs) right no one else can do it for you like we're we're more like guides almost exactly we're just uh we're just helping you facilitating you through the process and we have tools and we have techniques and we have the love to create the space needed for healing. But it takes courage for someone to come and say, I'm ready to do it. And some people have to hit rock bottom. That's a really sad thing. Yeah. And it, and it's hard in the society that we live in mm-hmm. to, to ask for help, I guess, oh, you know, yeah. like admitting to yourself, I, I need help. Mm-hmm is hard because inherently because of the way that we that we are kind of brought up in the society it makes you feel less than yeah is what it comes down to independence is so prized in american culture and a lot of western cultures and then but what we really need is interdependence but what we've got is codependence and so that's a whole other can of worms. But even just to come around to this idea of, no, I, I'm not this single unit. And even my healing actually won't just come from me. You know, everything I need is inside. We we use this. But is it really true? Can we really be fully healthy in a world that is so sick? We can do our best. And that's why so many people, when they heal themselves, they're like, I got to, they train and they become yoga teachers and they become coaches. We see that all the time because once you heal yourself, you're like, I can only heal myself so much because the world is so beeped, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so there is this uh, collective healing that has to happen as well. And we're fooling ourselves when we think otherwise. Well, what's, what's very very interesting to me Moira is that and I've seen this time and time again where once once you kind of feel like you've healed yourself mm-hmm. and you've if you looked inside yourself and you've spent some significant time with yourself and being comfortable with who you are on the inside when no one's looking you kind of come to realize that we're all from the same thing yeah like we're 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 the human race, right? But more than that, we come from the same life force. Mm-hmm. And the natural the natural step up from healing yourself is to be like, wow, you know, I, I need to help other people get to this point. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that that's the natural step and I've seen it time and time and time again where I'll help someone and they'll be like, you know, weeks, months, years down the road, They'll be like, I need to do something about this, and it's it's very very interesting to me that that's the the natural next step. It has it it means that there's something deeper going on that's either being stifled on purpose yeah. or on or as a sim a symptom 
of our society being sick. Well, when we come back to the truth of oneness and unity, that is, we're all connected, is how can I be fully healed when my brother and my sister to my left and to my right are not fully healed? And we feel into that. And there's, there is this massive awakening, the spiritual awakening that's happening with the planet. You know, we talk on the individual level uh, of needing to hit rock bottom. And it seems like that is what humanity is trying to do right now is how low can we go? And I think that's why this awakening has been happening, coaching, healing, um, fitness sort of movement practices. It's all coming back and it's coming back really strong. And it's because it's time for the collective healing. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about, you know, and these are, <laughs> this is like a, a, a deep conversation. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's philosophical and it's, it's a big can of worms because we're talking about a society issue mm-hmm. being solved by coming, reeling it back in and starting with yourself. Yeah. You heal yourself, you heal the world. I think as the Talmud says that. Actually, I think every holy book and every every spiritual book says that. You heal yourself, you heal the world. Well, going back to Dolores Cannon, she she broke down like the seven main religions in the world. Mm-hmm. If you strip away everything and then come back to a fundamental level, the basic tenet of every major religion is don't be an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> Treat others as you'd like to be treated. Like it couldn't be any simpler. And how do we mess it up so much? <laughs> and going back to the original thing, we blocked our emotions. And when we block them, we turn into beep holes. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and, and so that's what it comes down to. And I'll just mention some great books now, right now, if you're listening, you're like, yeah, I was raised in a household where emotions weren't allowed, all the kind of thing. Brene Brown, basically any book of Brene Brown's, but she has an excellent book just out recently. And it's the Atlas of the Heart, where she goes through all of the emotions and she kind of explains them and breaks them down. And another thing I give to my clients is, and you can do this right now if you're listening, just Google the emotion wheel right now. And just take a screenshot of whatever one catches your eye there. Because we are so used to being like, I feel bad, I feel sad, I feel angry. And then because we are just using these big blanket emotions, we, we're we losing touch with when it happened, why it happened, because we're just numb to what our emotions actually are. And so next time you feel shitty and you don't know why, pull out the emotion wheel and just be like, so what it does is it starts in the middle with some basic emotions of mad, sad, angry. And then you say, okay, in this next basket of emotions, what is it? And then you go through and you, someone will resonate. You might be like, you know, I feel exposed. That's how I feel. I feel vulnerable and exposed. And when you say that, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember when this started. It was when my colleague said the thing at the meeting and I felt this way and that way. And now I'm here being an ass to my kids because of that. Do I want to do that? And you can just take a few deep breaths in and allow that exposed emotion to pass through. And then you can go back to being a great parent again. Yeah, and these are all great tools. Links to the, that book and the Emotion Wheel 
probably just like the Google page so that you can just copy and paste the link or whatever going to be in my description. Mm -hmm. And Moira, you mentioned something to me before we started talking, you know, talking about tools, because now we've we've talked about the symptoms. We've talked about what's wrong. Now we have to come up with with a, a way to start fixing the problem. Right. Yeah. So one thing that you mentioned to me earlier was something called tapping. Yeah. And that was very interesting to me. You said that it was a good tool to send home with your clients. Would you be willing to talk about that so that yeah. so the people who are listening can have something to where, oh my God, I'm being an ass to my kids. What's going on? How can I fix this? Instead of being an ass to my kids or overeating or Take, drinking alcohol or taking drugs or watching TV, playing video games, you know, stuffing these emotions down, covering them up, mm -hmm. hiding from them on social media or whatever. We can start to open these up and deal with them ourselves so that they don't explode over those rocks and, and, and break the dam. Yeah. Well, so after my hypnotherapy experience or even my breathwork experience, the breathwork is something that can also be taken home and easily done by yourself. But you can't do that in the moment when you're feeling stressed, when you're feeling anger, feeling all the emotions. So tapping is under an umbrella of energy psychology. And so it's working with your emotions and it's working with your energy. And you know what I found as well? It, it works with the concepts of surrender. And it also works with the concept of mindfulness. And so when you're in that moment where you're getting angry with the kids and you're wondering, who the heck am I? It gives you a tool to pause and say, okay, I just need a minute by myself. And instead of that minute by yourself being like screaming into the void or something like that and coming back not much wiser, you can start to tap into what emotion is actually going on. And so that's why I give my clients the emotion wheel, because so many of us find it difficult to actually pinpoint that exact emotion. So I'll instruct my clients to, just like I did here, get an emotion wheel. Well, I actually send them one uh, when they're my clients. But we start off and we just name the emotion and I can show you. Uh, so you just start with tapping on the side of your hand. And you say this, you say to yourself, even though, and it might be, we'll use the example before, even though my colleague said that thing and made me feel exposed, I still love and accept myself. You say, even though my colleague's a beephole, I know I'm safe. And you'll do a third one and you'll say, even though when I feel exposed, it sort of makes me feel really uncomfortable. I love and have so much compassion for myself. And when you start with those three things, and it's a very simple convention, this is the simplest thing, is tapping. You'll just say it three times. Just give yourself an affirmation to remind yourself, to pull yourself out of whatever that future spiral or past spiral is that you're building. Just give yourself some affirmations around it. And then you start tapping on eight points in the body. And if you were to just Google EFT tapping map or something like that, you will also find these eight points. One is on the crown of the head. And so you just tap on the crown of the head. You can do one hand or two hands. You go inside of the eyebrow. You go side of the eye. You go underneath the eye. You go underneath the nose, underneath the lip and then the collarbones, and then underneath the arm, there's some meridian points, they're called. So meridian are like energy lines. They're like ley lines for your personal energy. 
And so these points have been proven to um, to help just with the release of energy. Now, I mentioned surrender. So the first thing we have to do when we're having an emotion like that is we got to just surrender into it. And the word surrender comes from Eastern philosophies, but it's not very well translated into English language because we think of surrender as, you know, waving the white flag and giving up and all that. But I want you to think of it just as like a project management tool where, you know, you come in to the meeting and you say, okay, where's our project right now? So your personal project is, I feel exposed. That's where I am. While you're denying that, you're putting the boulder in and you're just saying, oh, I feel angry with the world. And it's not true. You feel exposed about one situation. So you're bringing in the mindfulness by just pausing to do this. And so you just tap in and you'll just, you'll start to tap on your, on, on these points and you'll just start to say whatever words come to mind. You'll say, I feel exposed. I feel really bad. I feel shitty. I feel bleep, 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 bleep. Just whatever words come to mind and you're just surrendering into the feeling. Again, we're so scared that if we surrender into the feeling, we somehow speaking, it makes it real or something like that. Come back to positive or uh, toxic positivity, right? Is that we, if we, if we admit it out loud, we somehow make it real. And that, that is a toxic part of, um, of the whole spirituality movement. It doesn't make it real. What it does is it just it makes you realize what you're thinking. Putting it round and round and round in your thoughts isn't any less damaging as saying it once. And so what you find, just put your hand on your heart and just tap in and say, literally tap in, but more like feel in, intuit in to your heart and say, how does that feel? And normally you'll just get a little bit of relief from saying that. And as you do, you, there might be an even deeper wisdom. And the deeper wisdom might be like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing in my job. I hate my job. <laughs> I, I, like, I, I don't like it, uh, you know, I, but I got to stay and things like that. And I really recommend doing it out loud as well, because speaking it out loud and thinking it to yourself, thinking loops into infinity, saying it out loud allows you to clarify it. And so. Uh, and it lets it go somewhere too. Yeah. Like. Instead of going into the void, you're saying, even if you have to say it to yourself in the mirror, mm. you have to say it to a pillow. These are things that I do. You know, you can say it wherever. Yeah. But, you know, if you're frustrated about your kids, probably don't say it in front of your kids. Yeah, though. exactly. <laughs> like, I'm so mad at my kids right now. Yeah. <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> no, don't do that. But you know what? As well, I tell people is, you know, after you've tapped a few times, and you feel like you've really gotten to the core of what's going on. You can gently close your eyes and you tap into the inner wise woman. So inside us all or the inner wise man or even the inner child the inner little girl, the inner little boy, and you ask them if they have any wisdom. You'd be so surprised what wisdom your inner child has. And you'll be so impressed with what wisdom your inner wise woman or wise man has. And you will get the next, the next part of your tapping. And the next part of your tapping, so going back to our example, is I don't care about that person. <laughs> you know, that person doesn't even matter. And you'll tap again. You'll just go through the eight, the sequence of eight. And you just tap through it. And you'd be like, I don't need to bring this home with me. You know, and certainly my kids deserve better than this. And sure, I feel a little bad. But you know what? Tomorrow I'm going to take action. And it's all going to be okay. And the reframing, 
you have we all have this within us and you can go there are people who do who do tapping and they tap through the most extreme traumas it's effective as a personal tool and it's effective as a as a um as a therapeutic tool to tap through all the things as you get more used to it you'll get more used to uh, being able to identify your emotions and being able to tap into the wise part, the wise inner part to help yourself through. So anyway, that is one of my favorite coping tools or my favorite um, processing tools, I should say. So this word coping, coping, healing to entirely different things. Processing leads to healing. Coping leads to more coping. And so, um, you know, sometimes yeah you someone you're in grief situation you're raising kids and going through a stressful time certain things you just have to cope with because they are your life in the moment um but most of everything i do is focused towards healing i love that whole entire thing that you just said Mm -hmm. thank you so much for going over that you know i i love to to talk about an issue and then and then provide something that people can do to deal with it. <clears throat> one and and one thing that I, I would like to contribute to this too for you know people on my show and for people on mm-hmm. your show. Um mine takes a little bit more time. So if you have a little bit extra time, you know, the tapping is really great for like if you if you need a quick we'll just say a quick release. In the moment, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the moment, right? Mine is like, okay, I'm I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna release this stress. I'm gonna release this anger. So What's really interesting is if anybody's looked at the chakra system at all, there's seven main chakras. There's one on the top of your head, which actually you were kind of tapping. <laughs> and then you were tapping your third eye mm-hmm. one as well. So you were tapping two energy points. And then you have one in your throat, in your heart, in the center of your body, kind of right below your belly button, and then at the base of your spine. The one at the base of your spine traditionally you know, in yoga and, and all these Eastern philosophies has been known to be the chakra that's responsible for being grounded and feeling safe. What science has told us in recent years, it's very fascinating that they were able to understand this without, you know, modern science or whatever. Right at the base of your spine that corresponds with this root chakra is a, a nerve. It's called the vagus nerve. It, that's V-A-G-U-S. And links to all this stuff is going to be in the description for anybody who wants to check it out. Um, But the vagus nerve is actually stimulating that, helps you to feel, it's been proven to help you feel more relaxed. There's a couple ways you can do it. They can stimulate it, you know, with like electrical frequencies or whatever. That's probably not going to be a common way you can stimulate (laughs) it, but you can stimulate it through deep breathing. Yes, so you can you can sit down for you know even if it's like 10 minutes you sit down and what i like to do is just kind of visualize breathing in positivity coming down from the top of my head where that where all these chakras start and kind of pulling it down through the center of your body through these energy centers and imagine it just charging these but you want to breathe it in to the base of your spine now most people end up taking about 10 to 14 breaths a minute But if you look into, and I'm going to have an episode coming up on this, by the way, for anybody who's interested, the concept of sacred geometry, sacred geometry can apply to a ton of things. One thing, and I'm not going to get into all of the math that goes into it, 
But if you can get your breath down eventually to about six breaths per minute, that's also been proven to reduce stress in an absurd level. It, it It's insanely effective if you can take about six breaths per minute. But, you know, 10 to 15 breaths is, is about average. And there's nothing wrong with you if you can't take six breaths a minute. It's kind of hard to get to that point. But, you know, just some deep breathing where you're just kind of feeling like, okay, I'm going to charge up this vagus nerve or my root chakra or whatever you want to call it. Just breathe in. And when I breathe out, I actually kind of imagine and you can send it wherever you want, but the feeling of stress or depression or anxiety or anger or whatever, you can kind of imagine like sending it out and you want to send it somewhere so that it doesn't come back to you or go out to anyone else. What I do is I imagine sending it to be recycled into the sun. So I imagine just kind of breathing it out and sending it into the sun to be recycled. And I found this to be insanely helpful to me with this deep breathing and then just breathing out that stress and imagining it just leaving the top of your head. So it's like almost coming in through the top of your head, going down to that root chakra, pulling it out and sending it into the sun, like pulling it out and scooping it out. And you can breathe for 10 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever. And that really helps to kind of calm me down and make me feel a lot more whole but it takes a little bit more time than the tapping so Mm. that's my contribution to a way where we can kind of start to deal with this stuff it's a really quick way to to feel a little bit better in the moment and deal with these emotions yeah i am so glad you said that ian because i cannot agree more i was like please be saying breath and so i was so delighted i can't agree more the breath is so amazingly powerful and every culture in the world has used the breath for wellness for transcendence uh for um ritual all these things and we our culture we have forgotten how to breathe and so another great book is breath by james nestor he details all of the things it was his own personal journey uh, through breath and he found that he went to the medical system they didn't have a clue about breathing where he went was actually deep sea divers and singers that's where he found people who knew about breath and it is just so amazingly powerful i have one uh, little tool that can go along with that for my biohacker types <laughs> the perfectionists who are like am i doing it right it's just a two dollar app and it's called i breathe just iphone i breathe um kind of thing it's got like a blue little um icon with uh a loop on it but what it does is it'll give you intervals with little beeps and things like that so when you are really working on your breath so i always give it to my anxiety clients uh which is like most clients most everyone in the world it's uh has anxiety and so to help regulate re-regulate the breath and so it'll give you little examples and timings and intervals to practice deep breathing at most of us are deep breathing too shallow and too fast so you want to be able to start opening up the abdomen and it hurts my breathing was totally off I was doing a thing called paradoxical breathing for like my whole life well at some point I, I, I decided I needed a flat stomach so I started to suck my belly in for my whole life <laughs> and uh, so when I would say think to myself breathe in I'd suck my belly in I'd suck air in but of course it could only be in my upper chest so So it was actually a little bit uncomfortable for me as I started to breathe properly because I had to retrain myself in breathing. 
Yeah, if you want to see how to actually breathe, how you're supposed to breathe in in nature, just watch a watch a baby. Yeah, watch right. a baby breathe. They, yeah. they push their bellies out and they breathe. I actually used to be a, a theater geek and a choir geek in high school, and that's the first lesson they taught me was how to breathe. It was very interesting. And since then, I've been I've been breathing with my stomach, not my lungs, because we we want to sit up straight, we want to suck in our gut, and we want to breathe in, and, and we almost like lift our chest up to breathe mm-hmm. and then put it back down to exhale like you know what yeah. i mean and um and we close in we close in too you know the phones and the keyboard shoulders and everything so we're as society everything we're doing is making all this breathing space contract so doing stretches that open the shoulders open the diaphragm sitting tall breathing into the belly you're just going to have a massive impact on your physical health leading to mental and emotional health too. Yeah. And that I breathe app, if you have an Apple watch, I think it is just already on there and it actually vibrates cool. to, to bring it. Yeah. It vibrates mm-hmm. on your wrist to tell you when to breathe in and then when to breathe out. It's very, very interesting. I have it. I not a sponsor, <laughs> Neither am I, right? It's just a very $2 (laughs) and that's only to get rid of the ads. You can have it for free. And it's just basic. You know, so so many apps are trying to do too many things. And when you Google breath work and there's just a billion hits, do you want to be a breath work instructor? And I was like, I just want to breathe. And so it can be confusing where to start. So if you just start on, uh, on that app and just do the few little exercises on that, it's such a great start. Yeah. And one thing that can help you start breathing through your belly too is if you lay down on your back for a minute Mm -hmm. and then just watch your own belly rise and fall and that'll show you how to do it while standing up too Mm. you know it's it's it it helps a ton and moira thank you so much for for going over these little modalities with me they they sound very simple but they're insanely effective so if you if you try these i hope they work for you but moira Let's talk about you. Let's talk about where people can get in touch with you for a session if they want to. If you do them in person, your website, your podcast, definitely the podcast. Tell me what you got going on. Yeah, well, so you can find me at moiramichelle.com. That's M-O-Y-R-A, Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E.com. And I do online sessions via Zoom as well as I do in person. I live in Cleveland, Ohio now, originally from Ireland, uh, if you've been wondering throughout the entire interview. Um, so yeah, would love to hear. I also do my breath work online or in person. I do the type of breath I do is a conscious connected breathing. It's a trauma healing breathing. It's not the relaxed breathing that is activating the parasympathetic nervous system. That is great. We just talked about that. It is a different type where it's a nonverbal way that we release trauma and all blocked emotions. Um, yeah, those are the, the and the, with the, uh, with the hypnotherapy, I do the rapid transformational therapy. I also do the um, past life regression between life regression, going to the soul world is some of my favorite things. So, and I love to help everyone in particular. I love to help people who are here on this planet to, to help make it better. So I work with a lot of healers, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of, uh, a lot of visionaries and innovators are my favorite people to work with because it helps me to expand and ripple out this healing that I'm here to do. 
I love it. Links to those are going to be in the description if you want to check out um, what Moira's got going on. Head on over to moiramichelle.com. Definitely check out the podcast, The Old Soul Social Club. It's fantastically done. I love the music. Probably one of my favorite podcast intros and outros I've ever heard. I'm blushing. (laughs) (laughs) And then another place to get me is uh, Instagram is if you want to follow over there. And that's just at Moyer Michelle as well. Beautiful. Like I said, links in the description. And Moira, I'm going to put you on the spot. Mm Mm-hmm. And say, do you have a message that you'd like to leave for my audience? Yeah, there was something earlier that uh, I made a little note of that uh, never came up. But my personal journey in my um, in my own wellness and my own healing was starting with mindset. And we, you know, it's body, mind, and soul is is what we need to do. And when I discovered mindset, I thought this is it. This is everything. <laughs> and I even call my business mindset mastery. And I was a mindset coach and all that kind of thing. So then I became a hypnotherapist because I was like, that's fine, but it's a bit slow. And that's when I was like, okay, the soul, the soul is everything. And I started to explore the soul world and soul healing and all that kind of thing. And then I discovered the part that I was missing, the part I was leaving behind. And that was the body and along with the body, the heart. And that's how I came back to the breath and the processing of emotions through the body. And through this, it's truly, you know, people, people throw around mind, body, soul kind of thing. But the message I want to leave is that we get to these three things in our own time. Some people start with the body and they got like the, the body of like the, you know, (laughs) the iconic uh, strong body. And then once they start to do that, then they become, they come into the mind or they come into deeper soul healing. So it's whatever way is working for you. Uh, but yeah, just to say that healing does have to co- incorporate, not necessarily that run out and do everything all at the one time, whatever is right for you. But you won't get well if you're not keeping, you know, if your body's not well. And if your mind's not well, you won't be able to get to the next level of soul evolution and and, and vice versa. So, um, yeah, no matter where you are in your path, uh, I just want you to be aware of all those three things, knowing that they'll come together at the right time when you do the work. That's a beautiful message. Well, thank you so much for coming on to my show, Maura. I had a fantastic time talking to you. We we covered a ton of stuff. So thank you so much for talking about this stuff with thank me. Thank you, Ian. I really enjoyed having this conversation. You're truly an old soul. And I know my listeners are going to be enjoying listening to this too, because I just love to get deep into it. And these conversations can be uncomfortable because there isn't answers to them or the answers make us uncomfortable. And you know what we do, we avoid discomfort and all that. So thank you for having these uncomfortable conversations with me and with others and sharing your light in the world. That's it for today's episode. I would like to extend a very warm thank you to Moira Michelle for coming on to my show. I had a fabulous time talking with her. I would also like to thank you for tuning in. Definitely head on over to my Facebook group or my Facebook page or my Reddit or wherever. Links to those in my link tree in the description. So if you want more Ian in your life, that's where to get it. Also, subscribe in your podcast player so you don't miss the weekly uploads I upload every single week. 
please share the podcast around. I am trying to grow and I need your guys' help to do it. So if you could share the podcast with one or two people who you think might be interested, I would really appreciate it. And as always, if you want to come on to the podcast and talk about your past life experience or your knowledge on any metaphysical topic, shoot me an email. My email is session at gmail.com, and I would love to have you on the show. love to have the um the superpower of being able to control time <laughs> i've thought about that so many times <laughs> just like man you know if i could pause time for like eight hours at yeah. a time i would never have to have to sleep in real time again uh-huh. yeah so anyway if, if that could be granted to, that, to be honest you know you get older you're like yeah then i'd probably still be like 18 years old because i would have paused so much of my life um and fast forwarded other parts but um but yeah we'll go with that <laughs> right on Definitely share the show around with your friends, your family, your co-workers, your grandma. 